Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello. It's me. I've been wondering. Um, hey, this is episode 129 with Danielle hate. And before we get started into this episode, I just wanted to let you all know that the show notes are indeed available all the time. You can easily go to www.uydmedia.com, click the podcast tabs, and all the show notes for all the podcasts will be available there. I've also been getting a lot of requests for some solo, maybe two-minute, three-minute type uh, motivational type podcast. Those are also coming up soon, so stay tuned. Uh, some might drop this week, hint, hint, but other than that, I just want to say thank you. Thank you all for continuing to, to listen, to grow. The audience continues to, uh, to break plateaus and each month it continues to grow. So thank you for your views. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for the kind emails that you all send. And most importantly, thank you all for using your differences to make a difference. With that being said, let's check out the episode. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxas. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Is Told by Nomads, and today's guest is Danielle Tate. She's the founder and CEO of MissNowMrs.com. She describes herself as an author, supportive of all female founders and entrepreneurs. She's also a wife, mom, a champagne enthusiast, and a chronic, chronic overachiever. She's calling me from Washington, D.C. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah, I, I was looking at your Twitter bio. It appears we're both October babies. I'm, I'm October 30th. You're the first. So, you know, opposite sides there. But uh, I, I always love uh, talking to fellow October mates because I, I think that's the best month of the year. But others might disagree. But um, I completely agree. I do product launches usually in October because it is my birthday. Ah, well, there you go. There you go. So we, now that you know, we know that you're your fellow October mate, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself and um, what you do? 
Certainly. Um, I'm the founder of Miss Now Misses, as you said, and it's an online name change service for brides. So several years ago when I got married, I took a job, I took a day off of work for my job and decided to change my name. Very detail-oriented person, so I had my forms pre-filled out. I had a list of the offices I was going to, and the first stop was the DMV to get my new driver's license. And here in the D.C. area, everyone especially loves the DMV, and uh, brought my book because it was a two-hour wait to get to the clerk. And uh, handed them my forms, and they're like, "Oh, this is this is an outdated form, even though it was the form on their website." So to the back of the line I went, and I had plenty of time to recomplete the form that had one checkbox that was different. And then was told when I got to the front of the line again that I'd brought my marriage certificate, but not my certified marriage certificate. So having burnt the majority of the day I took to change my name and having accomplished nothing, I went home and complained to my husband, like, there should be there should be a service that does this. There should be something like TurboTax that handles this process. And he just looked at me and said, well, you should do that. And that was the beginning of a journey that took me from medical sales to accidental entrepreneurship and building a company from zero to 300,000 customers in two countries. Okay. Well, now, now when you, once you say that, that immediately becomes a point of uh, uh, you know, like interest for me because I'm like, wait, you bootstrapped up to 300,000 customers across the globe? How did you do that? One step at a time, but um, I've looked at the market. There are 2.3 million marriages a year just inside the United States, and 88% of those women elect to change their name in some way. So there's a huge market of women experiencing this sort of kick in the face right after getting married. You come home, you're a newlywed, you're fresh from your honeymoon, you go to change your name, and it's just awful. It's usually the first newlywed fight is coming home after trying to do all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and so doing the research and understanding how it worked in the United States, I looked at how do you grow your market? How do you, you leverage the current platform and technology you have and become bigger? And I looked to Canada because they're good neighbors and also speak English and looked and they had a very similar structure for their name change process. There are some differences, um, especially their health cards, very important. And they have an SIN instead of a social security card. But I was able to use the same technology and use their forms to, to become international. Oh, love it. And then can you talk to me about some of those roadblocks you initially had? Because typical path to an entrepreneur is never really a straight line. You know, I, I know it's that sexy title that everyone sees, overnight success. <laughs> but I, I imagine, you know, this is a market. You said you're an accidental entrepreneur. I mean, you had this this wonderful DMV experience, which for those that are listening outside of America, DMV is notoriously known for having the cheeriest people. And I'm being sarcastic. But, uh, <laughs> but um you know, you had that experience at the DMV, and then, you know, your husband said, well, why don't you start this? Uh, what must have happened? Well, you know, it wasn't one of those amazing movie moments where I immediately quit my job and hired 15 people and received funding and, you know, wore fancy dresses. Ah. Um, in reality, I uh, kept my job and worked evenings and weekends doing the research. I have personally spoken on the phone with every DMV office in all 50 states, and we totaled my hold time to be about four days. Yikes! <laughs> <laughs> so the research process was... was was tedious and um, 
zero fun whatsoever. But the fact that there was so much red tape and so many differences really proved that it was a valuable idea that women everywhere, just there's no way to get it right the first time. And you don't typically do it more than once, possibly twice. So um, it gave me the inspiration to just keep going. And as the project went along and as it grew and we were so close to launching the product, I feel like as an entrepreneur, the last 15% of work that goes in right before launching a product is the hardest to do and requires the most time. It's the heaviest lift. And so I quit my job. I left a six-figure sales position at a Fortune 500 company um, as their number one sales rep to sit in my condo and code the last forms and push the button to get Miss Nemesis live. Well, I mean, you know, they always say entrepreneurs take risks, but if that's not an example of risk taking, I, I mean, I don't know what is. So, you know, you know, you've you've had that, and then you started when you started getting these customers. Uh, what, what was that feeling like? I know it's three hundred thousand now, but what was the it best? Like? Oh, I, our first customer's name was Wendy, and she purchased thirty minutes after the site went live, and I turned on Google Ads, <laughs> and the big smiling bride on the Miss Nemesis website has been named Wendy because I. I will just absolutely never forget her. It was there was definitely champagne. It was it was a big celebration. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. It's good to hear. So you definitely appreciated that, uh, and um, you know you, you saw your business idea and you decided to to leave, and now it's obviously scaled to three hundred thousand. Do you work out of an office, or how do you keep track of all so- this? It's Yeah, it's grown, but we've purposefully stayed very nimble. One of my favorite parts about being an entrepreneur is having an idea and just doing it, not having to put it through multiple chains and and wait and wonder and the idea dies on the vine. And so keeping Miss Now Misses tight so we can have an idea, push it through a team and get it implemented in two days instead of two years is, is very important to me. So we do have an office in DC. Uh, we are, our support team is in the Tysons area, which is um, in Virginia. And then we have a couple of developers that do work remotely. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, you know, but, you know, I guess I was when I was talking to you earlier before we started, I, I found that you're actually more dynamic than I originally thought, which is which is incredible. To, first of all, because Miss Danielle Tate does not just run a business and, and basically conquer the world. She's also this voice for for female founders worldwide. And to that effect, you've got a book coming out. I do. I have it. It is technically out. Oh, it is out. It is a. It is available. It is on Amazon and Amazon Kindle right now. Uh-huh. Well, well, tell us about it and tell us about the passion behind that book. So the book is called Elegant Entrepreneur, The Female Founder's Guide to Starting and Growing Your First Company. And it's a very personal subject. Um, while the book is a third my experiences building my company and a third research and a third incorporating advice and inspiration from 25 other really prominent founders. It's truly the book that I wish was available when I started Miss Now Misses. I I learned from reading. I read everything. And there really wasn't a book that spoke to you as an intelligent human being, but not necessarily someone with a business background, and said, this is it. Here it is. Here's how you go from idea to exit in 12 steps. Here are the tools you need in each of those steps. Here are important takeaways. Here's suggestions for further reading if that's the step you're living in. And most importantly, here's how it feels. 
there's so much curiosity and mystery about being a successful entrepreneur. And I think the media does a great job highlighting the success stories and making it sound wonderful. And it truly is, I think, the, the ultimate lifestyle to lead. But there are times when it doesn't feel good. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's, it's so many things. And so having a book that says, here's how you do it. Here's how it feels and what to expect. I really... My mission is to lower the barriers to entry and success for future female founders by demystifying what it is to be an entrepreneur and how to become one and be a successful one. No, I love it. I love it. I host another podcast called Hustle Culture, and it's the premise of that was no one, not enough people cover the climb that an entrepreneur faces because it's it's really not that sexy story that everybody likes to see because it's, it's there are so many things and um and. and it's great to have that community where you feel like you're not alone because oftentimes you feel like, where's the resource for this? So I, and I have many times been called a hustler in heels. So that's, that's a fun, that's a fun tie in there. Hustler in heels. I love it. I love it. So <laughs> I, I'm going to, I'm going to say this fact uh, for you. You already know them. 99 million women owned businesses in America, 2 trillion total revenue for women owned businesses. 9 million people are employed by women owned businesses. 85% of consumer and business spending is influenced by women. Yet, we live in a time where we don't hear about a lot of women founders. Why? I don't know. And that's something um, that I very much lived personally. Uh, back in 2007, it wasn't the most popular thing to start a startup, uh, much less a tech startup as a woman. And while I definitely didn't feel any... Um, prejudice. I also didn't really have anywhere to plug into or very many people to look up to. And in doing the research for the book and conducting these interviews, every time I interviewed a founder, there were supposed to be three in the book. There are now 28. They would say, have you heard of so-and-so? Have you heard of so-and-so? And I hadn't. And one of these women had the largest IPO exit for a software company in history. She lives eight miles from me and I had never heard her story. Hmm. So I think the media could do a better job and is starting to do a better job talking about female founders. And it's on us to start telling our stories and telling each other's stories. No, but, hey, look, I'm, I, I consider myself, you know, when I started UID Media, it was because I felt like my stories that I related to weren't, related, uh, weren't being um, actually represented in the media. So I do agree the media does have a say in, in kind of what's in, um, in people's consciousness. So um, I definitely, definitely hope that that direction continues to go. And I hope that people listen to this and think, wow, I need to do more research. I believe the first self-made billionaire is female, right? Mm, who is it? Uh, you know what? Sarah I, Blakely? Is it Sarah Blakely? Yes. Must, I, yeah, I think I think Founder of Spanx. It is. You're Spanx. correct. Yeah, so the Spanx. So, and I remember reading that story and I was like, that, that's, that's incredible uh, because it's, it's one of the things no one really talks about. So... You talked about some of the steps uh, that they can take. What are the steps that people can have from the first stage to exit? Uh, you know, I, I think entrepreneurs listening would love that. Of course. Um, I won't go through all of them. You have to read the book. Yes, you but, do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the important part is just understanding at first everyone has ideas and the crux is do you have an idea – that is innovative enough and different enough with a large enough market that you can build a company and a, I keep honing in on this successful, profitable company around it. And if you ask friends and family and even peers, it's very difficult to get a clear answer because people don't want to hurt your feelings. And so 
from this frustration, I ended up creating something called the Innovation Gauntlet. And it's a series of questions that you can ask about your idea. Having a great idea established before you do anything else is is the cornerstone to, to building a successful uh, business and empire. Uh, going from there, um, I talk about uh, validation and market research, which sounds so scary and is something that entrepreneurs hate to do because it just sort of takes the wind out of your sails. But it's as simple as talking to people and once you've identified your target market, just going to where they are with your product or with your idea and saying, hey, would you buy this? Does it solve this problem? Do you have this problem? How much would you pay? And you will, the feedback that you receive is invaluable. And it's very, very much often will turn the idea that you had into something even better than what you started with. Um, going from there, I talk about building your team and finding a co-founder. While there are many solopreneurs, I think it's very difficult as a human to have every single asset that you need to be successful in business. And finding a co-founder that has what you lack makes you that much more likely to be successful. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, no, th- th- those are great pieces of advice. And, I, and that's definitely something I've been, I've been hearing consistently when I have guests who are entrepreneurs as well on the podcast. Um, and the lady I was thinking of is, uh, is actually, um, wasn't the CEO of Spanx. Her name is Elizabeth Holmes. Uh, she uh, she dropped out of Stanford to launch blood testing firm uh, Theranos. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. I'm yeah. sorry. Excuse yeah. me. No, no. But she's worth 4.5 billion dollars now, and then she's you know at 31. She's the it's the world's youngest female. I, I maybe I, I, I think not I the first, it. the world's youngest. Seven, okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. World. Yeah. Youngest female billionaire. So I, I you know the you know the, the, the lot of bosses here. So speaking of female bosses, one of my uh, favorite terms that I've started using is lean in and that was coined by Sheryl Sandberg um, who I, I think is amazing I, I remember reading the book and I uh, you know I was just you know entranced by some of the stuff that she was saying how do you feel like women can lean in um, ba- how do you think men and women can lean in together basically in, in the entrepreneurship environment I feel like a lot of people talk about the corporate world but I'm sure you probably have a better feel for what it's like for leaning in in the entrepreneurship environment that's a great question. Um, so the book is structured with these 12 steps, which are chapters that to building a business and exiting. And then in, there are these elegant insights to span those steps. And my favorite insight from the entire book is Elegant Insight 11, which is lean in for your startup so you can stand upright for yourself. Mm. I, too, enjoyed Cheryl's book. And I think she had a very valid point about women sitting at the table and not limiting themselves because in the future they planned to have a family or do something. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
thing. But I think applying her concepts and logic to entrepreneurship is the ultimate pathway to success, especially for women. In any interview that I did, the concept of power and control was always mentioned. And so as a woman, if you can lean in and work really hard and pull the long hours and push yourself past what you think you're capable of to build your own business, you are in control of your paycheck, your work hours, and your lifestyle. And with control of those three, you can truly build the life that you want and can alter your life as necessary. If you need to take time to travel, if you have a family member that you need to take care of, if you want to start a family, instead of trying to figure out how you're going to squish your life into you know, continuing to push your career, you can change your company to accommodate what you're trying to do with your life. Hmm. And then I'm just, I'm just I'm taking that in because I, I think that's deep. <laughs> it's a big concept, yes. yeah. It's, but just lean in for yourself. If you, you know you, if you're building the house, there doesn't have to be a ceiling of any material, be it glass or or sky. I mean, you are building your own empire, your own life, and therefore you get to you get to control it. And while there's the onus on you that you have to make it successful, it's so much sweeter and so much better if you're doing it for yourself. Absolutely. You know, okay, I don't know what you think of this, but when someone asked me, people always ask me who, what if I wanted to give myself a parallel career, what I wanted to say. And I, ever since I was a kid, I always said I wanted to be the male Oprah. And some people used to, <laughs> and some people used to flint, wince That's at, fantastic. I know, people used to wince at that because they were like, what? Oh, you, who Why it? not? People, people say people say the female this or not the male that. I was like, yeah, yeah, male. I mean, Oprah is my biggest role model. It's her and Nelson Mandela. So I used to say that. So well, I, I no guess, wonder you're so successful. Those are great role models. Yeah, no, but I, I guess I, I didn't know. I mean, to me, growing up, I, I you know, seeing success was was whether it, you know, irrespective of, of male or female, I just kind of admired what they did and the impact they had. So I think the more people talk like that, it would be. Um, It'd be great because then you have that that conscience. Because um, you know, one of my favorite people, I'm I'm, I'm of the Harry Potter generation, but uh, Emma Emma Watson, who played Hermione, uh, um, spoke at the UN about equality for women, and she was saying, you know, fighting for women's rights has too often become synonymous with man hating, and this essentially has to stop. You know, for the record, feminism by definition is the belief that men and women should have equal rights and opportunities. I imagine you probably agree with that. What do you think about that? Oh, I absolutely agree. And she just started a book club, a feminist book club. And I submitted my book to, to be on there and finger, cross your fingers for me because I completely agree. I, I, my co-founders are male. I think a balanced co-founded team of both men and women typically benefit a company. So the reason I focused on females for my book is I felt there was a gap in, there's a gap in, books for women on entrepreneurship and on business. There wasn't a friendly female voice saying, here's how you do it. But in a lot of the feedback I've received, many of the reviews of the book, lots of readers are saying it's applicable to men and women. And I absolutely agree that co-founded teams of men and women are ideal and we should all be entrepreneurs and we should all be building a better world and a better place together. Love it. Love it. Love it. Now, what about, you, you mentioned you were married. So how does that you know, how did the dynamics come into play here? I imagine that's also another aspect of leaning in and being, a, you know, a female entrepreneur where, you know, I guess people have traditional roles. I, I don't know how true they are or not, but I can only look at my mom's experience where, you know, you know, growing up as a diplomatic uh, spouse, she was always, 
you know, she had to leave her job one time and she came back to it. So there was, and then raising us came into play. And I, you know, I always say the first COO or CEOs really were moms, you know, it wasn't like a business. So I really, I'm always curious about how you can be a CEO at home and a CEO in business. Um, I, it's a great question. Um, my husband is a saint. He's also a serial entrepreneur and that allows us the flexibility to support each other depending on whose startup or business is doing what. And I have a little boy, he's six and I consider him my favorite startup. Um, <laughs> I love it. the amount of time and effort and energy I pour into him and making him a good person and showing him all of these great opportunities and ways that the world works and is amazing, um, is a joy to me. And he's, he's, I'm very excited to see what he ends up doing. Well, if he's got a role model like you and your your husband, I have no <laughs> doubt that he's on a on a world domination for good uh, <laughs> a mission. So um, he lives in a house, yeah, where where ideas become companies and mamas write books, and it's 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 a very cool thing to to be a part of. It's good. It's good. So in your mind, entrepreneurship is really the way of the future. Honestly, yes. I've, and that's something that I, I have a bit of a mission on as well is education. I mean, high schools teach a little bit about balancing a checkbook and a little bit about coding. I feel like the basics of entrepreneurship should be taught. Even if you don't intend to run a business, you will most likely work for one and understanding how it was started, how it grows and how it continues to change and is affected by the market will only make you better and more successful. Love it, love it. Uh, I, I can't not ask you this question. So who are your favorite CEOs? <laughs> oh my goodness, who are my favorite CEOs? Um, Cheryl Sandberg is a COO. Um, I'm a big fan of her. Uh, Yahoo CEO also. Um, oh, I've got a question about that, but you can keep going on. <laughs> I've got a big question uh, about let me, that. <laughs> let me rattle on. Um, I think I have more... Um, more female founder entrepreneurs who don't necessarily keep the role of CEO. Um, Marsha Firestone. Yeah. Marsha Firestone is the uh, founder and CEO of the Women's Presidents Organization. Okay, okay. Let's uh, let's go to the the Yahoo CEO for a little bit. Um, so she's she's been taking a bit of uh, you know some heat lately. Uh, oh, and um, I don't know if it's fair or not because I think you know Yahoo is kind of a tough job to to step into. Based on um, you know prior history, how do you feel like women are being covered? You know when they they run tough jobs as opposed to men. It's a loaded question, but um, I think it's interesting how women CEOs are covered, especially in hard things and also in very unusual things. So um, I think everybody knew Marissa is pregnant with twins, and. I think if she was a gentleman, obviously that pregnancy would never have been such a big thing. And she received a great deal of backlash and questioning and intrigue around her maternity leave, which I think is a very private thing and something that should absolutely not have been in the media at all. So I think that's something as a female leader that that women deal with more so than men. And when there's hard times, if you look at how stories are covered for a company, if it's a male leader versus a female, look at the adjectives that are used to describe those leaders. Um, I'll leave that open-ended for you. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's usually like men are described, men in leading roles are described with action verbs and what they're doing. And women are described with adjectives instead of verbs. And it's how they're 
perceived and their personality versus what they are actually doing in the business. And so I think that that would be a really hard position to be in because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. If you're nice, you're too nice. If you're not nice, you're a bitch. Like there, it's a, (laughs) to be a strong female leader is like walking on eggshells. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and I guess your advice would be, to just continue to be yourself and step into that. Uh, yeah, be yourself. And if it's your company, you can run it as you see fit and make the hard decisions and be confident that you've done the right thing. Okay. Okay. Now, um, I love that, first of all, because I always say use your difference to make a difference. And I feel like, you know, in a world where it's 7 billion people, there are, it's so much harder to be like everybody else than to just be the person staring in the mirror. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of pressure on yourself. I, I agree. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I was talking about how much you love champagne earlier. I saw this. <laughs> that, that, I, I imagine part of being the elegant entrepreneur as you describe yourself is, is you know, you, 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 you certainly have a balance in your life. You know, you, your most important CEO is your son. Um, you love champagne. You seem to have a great relationship with, with your husband. Well, what are the aspects do you do how do you embrace your femininity and still just just kill it and still just kill it you know one of the things that i love the most is traveling and um, one of the great benefits from having worked so hard in my early 20s is having income now to do things that i very much like to do so for my 30th birthday um we went to paris and then we did tours of Reims and apernay and all of the uh, champagne houses there which was a great deal of fun um <laughs> I also spend all of August in Turks and Caicos. And while I work, um, I don't work nearly as much. And it's a time to just regroup and relax and reconnect as a family and hang out. And then I come back revitalized and, as you said, absolutely ready to kill it. Mm-hmm. And so those are things that I do um, that that really help me. I also am a devoted uh, megaformer person. Uh, they're a um, souped-up version of a Pilates reformer machine. So 5.15 in the morning, I am up and headed that direction because it's a great way to start my day. And it's so hard that it's 50 minutes where I can just focus on breathing and living. And I can't think about my business, my family, anything that's going on, any potential deals. It's just 50 minutes of, of sort of self-focus. And it's, it's, it's good for me. You speak my language. Fitness and travel uh, are so key, especially as I'm running a business here. I think uh, travel for me, it's obviously, it's been a big part of my life, but it's, it's helped me see the world in different ways and it's given me perspectives that I wasn't privy to before. Um, uh, I think Absolutely. Also- I, lived, I lived in Budapest for six months. Nice. And, um, yeah, it was, it was life-changing for me. I learned so much. I have so much respect and understand how people can move to other countries and not speak the language and make it work. And so that's that's was very pivotal in my change of worldview. Just going places that aren't your own absolutely opens your mind to other ideas and other cultures and other everything. Yeah, fosters creativity too. Um, and 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 for the other thing is fitness. I you know I think fitness is one of those places. Sometimes I call the gym my sanctuary. I just go in there <laughs> and it's like whether it's early in the morning or late at night. I'm just you know, pumping in there, and I feel like it's one of those places where I can just really just take in the day or visualize what the day ahead is going to be. So, um, you know, for those listening out there, nomads, entrepreneurs, everyone, you know, it's, it's okay to have like a, a female person to aspire to, like I do. <laughs> but um, it's also okay to 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 have that balance because if you're 
you know, keeping yourself healthy, you know, physically and, and, uh, and doing the right things with your body and also your, your mental, uh, landscape, it's definitely going to translate into your business. Um, at least that's what I'm hearing so far. No, I completely agree. You need to make time for you and keep you healthy because you are what makes everything else work. Really? That's exactly what it is. So we're getting ready to wrap up here, but, um, can you tell us a bit of your, your favorite? So I don't know if you, um, you know, you say you traveled a bit, but do you have a favorite country? Oh, it's going to have to go to Turks and Caicos. Oh, Greece. I was just in Greece and I thoroughly enjoyed Greece as well. I love Greece. I love Greece. <laughs> I love especially the Greek islands. Uh, Santorini is my favorite. But um, Yes, I really like Santorini as well. Okay. Okay. So, okay. What about uh, food? Favorite food? Fo- I love, oh, my favorite food. Any form of truly amazing cheese. I'm a cheese plate girl. You're cheese. Okay. Yeah. I okay. would take cheese over dessert any day of the week. My heritage is French, so there's a little bit of that. Du pas français? Ça va? Non, ça va bien, ça va bien. Moi, je parle français, mais je ne sais pas que si tu parles français comme. Uh, oh, and you've totally lost me. I've got français, basic. En, en <laughs> I, 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 um, I, I, yeah, I studied French and I lived in a French-speaking country. Okay, okay, um, okay. So that, and then, favorite thing to do with your son and husband? I love to go to petting zoos. Petting zoos. <laughs> Petting zoos. We were literally there last month at one. I just, we were driving down a road and I saw a sign and we stopped and um, I have pictures of doing selfies with a camel just came over and needed attention and literally has its face smashed against mine for this picture. And so just the joy of being outside and I love animals and really interesting creatures. And so does, so does my son and my husband's a very good sport. So going to those places and feeding things and laughing, um, that that's literally one of my all time favorite things to do with them. Gotcha. So, okay. You're decent. <laughs> I'm still, I, that's just hilarious. I'm still thinking about that. I'll send you the picture it's hysterical uh, I, yes please do i was thinking oh man man i was not expecting that answer but um okay. sorry <laughs> oh no those are the best answers I, I i love it uh so you're in dc i used to live there for a little bit i did an internship right out of college there for a lobbying group and when people think dc they think politics dc you know it's just like everything is you know either you're interning for a senator and all that but what is one thing that people should know about dc that they don't probably know D.C. is also a wonderful place to be an entrepreneur. There are so many accelerators and incubators and access to so many heads of business that it's a great place to have an idea and build it. And also, it's a beautiful city, um, especially cherry blossoms. I feel like when the trees are blooming, the city transforms from this like steely older woman into this debutante again. And it's just pink and lovely and a great time to be here. Oh my goodness, if you guys have not been to the Cherry Blossom Festival, it's amazing. Uh, I went there, and it, it, it's really what she said. It really transforms, almost takes on a new personality. It's this big deal. Uh, you, you know, the you know, Cherry Blossoms are out and blooming, and, and people are just smiling and laughing. Roads are, like, blocked, but it, it's uh, it's amazing. There's I, Cherry Blossom cupcakes. It's great. Uh, yeah, no, it's amazing. Okay, okay. Now, this is the question that I ask a lot of people uh, when they come on the show. And it's it's based on a mission statement. It's you know, it's use your difference to make a difference. How do you, Danielle, use your difference to make a difference? I think being an accidental female founder in tech makes me incredibly different. And this book, Elegant Entrepreneur, is how I'm using being so different to make a difference because 
I want other people with ideas to understand how to build them into ideas and to be into businesses and to be successful. And I truly want to make a difference. I want to be responsible for women building businesses who may never have gotten past the idea of, oh, is this a good idea or not? So I, I would love to look back and say that I've made a, a huge difference in the world of female founders. Love it. Love it. And where can they find the book? It's available on Amazon as a paperback as well as on Kindle. Okay. And guys and ladies, ladies and gals, please check this out because, you know, she is right. For some reason, I thought it was coming out soon, but it's actually been out. And I'm looking at some of what the early readers are saying. And uh, it's already been voted, you know, the number one best entrepreneurship inspiring book, the number one best personal development book for entrepreneurs, and the number one nonfiction book for women in the 20s on Goodreads. So uh, you're definitely not going to be reading something that's that's not going to make an impact in your life so um i would encourage you all to check it out uh as you can tell she's got a lovely personality and she she knows exactly what she's talking about so um yeah you know the hope is that we you know we can add more sales to the to that book and we'll keep our fingers crossed that you make that book club <laughs> yes emma watson if you're listening it's a great book i'll send you one yes emma watson i, I would also like an autograph and maybe a tour <laughs> Of Hogwarts, but uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, please let her into the the the, the book club. Um, but uh, thank you so much, Danielle. This has been fun. This has been fun. I really enjoyed the interview. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.